0: Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you today?
1: Doing well, Sean. Happy to be back on here.
0: Uh, Another day, kind of hoping by now we
1: would have gotten some more basketball news, but with the coaching staff, that is, but since it hasn't happened, uh, I thought we might talk a little football today, Sean. Since we didn't really discuss the NFL draft too much, I kind of thought of a different way we could discuss it today is by going back and revisiting um, Kentucky's recruiting classes from the past, starting with 2016, maybe talk a little bit about 2017, and uh, kind of view it in that frame, because I always like to do that, to go back and reevaluate a recruiting class. Obviously, once their careers are finished, that gives you kind of the totality of how it turned out, so... Maybe we'll come back, though, Sean, with another episode tonight if something happens on basketball. But since we had not had a football episode in a while, let's, uh, let's try to knock this out today.
0: Yeah, I like that idea. We've not had a, just a full football episode in a while. Uh, Derek, I've got the 2016 class pulled up here, and just looking at it, it's a class that changed the direction of the program. I mean, it's a class that had success all across Every year that they were on campus, a uh, pretty, pretty impressive list of, of names. And a lot of guys now that you're looking at have NFL futures.
1: For sure. And I'm on a story up today um, on catsballs.com. Probably by the time people listen to this, it'll be up. I was putting the finishing touches on it when we begin this. Um, but I try to break it up into a few categories in our long-form system. Um, I labeled one section as the stars of the class and then kind of generic, but it just said the starters for the other of which there were a bunch, there were a bunch of guys who turned out to be starters in this class. And then I had contributors and then also, um, guys who had minimal impact in on the field in the careers or transferred. And, uh, with any class, you're going to have a lot of attrition. This class was no different, but Sean, let's start at the top with the stars. Um, and, again, if you guys want to see this whenever – maybe if you're listening to this, if you want to pause it and, and pull up this commitment list, I, maybe we'll go through every single guy, maybe not. We'll definitely touch on a lot of guys. Um, but, Sean, let's start at the top with Benny Snell, right? Who else? <laughs> yeah. Who else besides Benny Snell? The uh, all-time touchdown record, I mean, he broke or tied 14 school records at UK in three seasons. I mean, he went from a guy who – Sean, you wanna what would you have guessed his national ranking was if he didn't pull up that list before
0: before we started uh, in the composite, yeah, I would say it would be five hundred maybe, yeah, he was the eight hundred and seventy sixth
1: player in his class <laughs> and went on to be uh probably and for my money the best running back in school
0: history I know what was we'll his some... position was? Position
1: wise, he was 56, 38th best player in Ohio. So, a guy who didn't even carry the ball his first two uh, first two games, and then got his opportunity, and <coughs> excuse me, really excelled afterwards. He uh, had a, just a phenomenal career. And then the two other guys who so labeled as stars in this class, um, Drake Jackson, who somehow went undrafted, and also Landon Young. And there were some other guys who maybe could have snuck in there, but these these were the all-SEC caliber players. Lenny Young was an all-SEC guy as a senior. Drake, junior, and a senior. Finished as an all-SEC guy, and just their impact. Um, you know, the branding of the b- big blue wall kind of started on those two, along with Darian Canard. Kennard's ended up being drafted higher than either of those guys next year. Uh, matter of fact, as a side note, Sean, he was ranked, I think, 23rd. Or 22nd today in the athletics uh, 2022 look ahead. So he's only going to go into this year probably as a projected first rounder. But going back to the homegrown kids, of Young and Jackson, I think those two were really kind of the faces of the big blue wall along with John Schlarman. And uh, of course, fan favorites. Is there anyone else as you scroll this list, though, Sean, for this 2016 class who maybe you thought should have been in that star category?
0: That's what I was just looking at. I. <sighs> I don't see anyone else that would really fall under star. Um,
1: 14 guys, by the way, from Ohio in this class. And you can talk about trends and things like that, but I don't think you're ever going to see another UK football class as 14 guys um, from Ohio.
0: And it's wild, too, that there's still some guys from this class that will be playing football at Kentucky this fall.
1: Yeah, that's another point I wanted to make. There are three guys is what I counted. Maybe I left somebody off, but I don't think so. Three guys I had, uh, Devontae Robinson, Justin Rigg, and uh, Luke Fortner. Is there anyone else I don't think?
0: Um, Is Ruffalo going to be there?
1: Yes, I wasn't including Ruffalo in this, though, because he wasn't a scholarship guy. Although it does say he signed a letter of intent. He didn't come. He came here as a walk-on. Um yeah, I guess he will be back this, this fall only. Uh, regardless, the next section I had was the starters. And this is a pretty long list, actually. You had a guy like Cash Daniel, who's a high school American, who uh, started two years at middle linebacker. Um, you had Steven Johnson. So this is where it gets thrown off because you're talking about this class still has guys who are there. And it's kind of funny because there are also guys that were junior college guys who haven't been on the team since 2017. So, like, you have a long, you know, pretty pretty big range of guys. But, Stephen Johnson, I know, your former uh, podcast partner back on um, – what was that football podcast? What would you title that as?
0: Just Go Big Blue Country Football.
1: Stephen on there, of course, with Alex Montgomery, who came on the show uh, last August. But, Stephen – Maybe am I crazy to say uh, he's having a battle with the Kentucky guys, but outside of you know those other guys, maybe the most popular player. I mean, one of the I think most popular players in the Mark Stoops era. A guy who came from a tiny junior college, took over for Drew Barker after he went down, and was the quarterback of teams that knocked off Louisville on the road, uh, scored a touchdown in the final minute against Tennessee in a game that I think he separated a shoulder in. Yeah, he missed some yeah. time, came back, and had a diving touchdown to win. Uh, a gritty player. And for my money, Sean, probably the best quarterback of the Mark Stoops era.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. And I've told him this before. Uh, I mean, Steven's a really good friend of mine, and I've, I've told him straight up. I was like, look, I still think that he saved Mark Stoops' job. Yeah with his play. I know Benny Snell was fantastic that year. You know, boom, Williams was really good that year, but let's say that when drew Barker went down, Derek, that if it hadn't worked out with Steven Johnson, we wouldn't be seeing what we're seeing right now in Lexington. Cause I don't think Mark Stoops would have had a job.
1: No, I think you're right. I mean, and for as much criticism as Darren Henshaw, maybe rightly deserved by the time he, uh, by the time his Kentucky career ended. I mean, that was a, that was a good fight on their part. It was late. It was different back then, Sean. It's not like kind of how it is now that you can just go to the transfer portal and land somebody. So in some ways, you know, you might see stories like Stevens kind of go away a little bit. Maybe as many guys won't go to junior college or, or schools will have easier access to get players. So I think that's kind of cool in that regard. The other really notable players that I, that I thought were good players as starters, uh, AJ Rose, Anytime he has to share a backfield, he also shared a house. I believe him and Benny Snow were roommates in college until Benny left. You know Those two were in the same class, and Rose obviously did not have the same kind of career as uh, Benny Snell. didn't put up the same numbers, anything like that. Uh, but he had a really good career in his own right. Started his last two seasons, he is 10th all-time in rushing guards in school history, third all-time in yards per carry. He, he averaged 5.8 yards per carry um, for Kentucky. I thought he was a player worth mentioning. And then probably the other, uh, Boogie Watson, when you talk about guys who really outperformed their rankings, Boogie was one of the lowest ranked guys in this class. He was unranked nationally, very low three-star, um, barely higher than Steven, actually, and finished as an All-SEC player his uh, senior year, I want to say. Um or sorry, maybe he wasn't All-SEC. I think uh, Phil Still or somebody had him as All-SEC. But his sophomore year, Bob Sacks playing opposite of Josh Allen, he finished top five all-time uh, in school history as a sack leader. So a guy who came in with very low, probably, expectations, if you were just going to look at the recruiting rankings, who turned out to be a pretty significant player on this defense and, and someone who they're going to have to replace this fall. But he was one of the one of the stars of that class, I thought – and then, um, you see anyone else that you would kind of put in there? Devontae Robinson's been a starter. He's a guy that that uh, we'll see how he bounces back. I think his career probably would have been different had it not been for that quad injury. Um, I thought he probably had a tough time getting back last year, but he'll have a chance again this fall. He's the third member of that um, we talked about Rig, and or maybe we didn't talk about Rig, but we talked about uh, did we talk about Rigor Fortner?
0: We did. We mentioned them. Yeah, this okay, guy's yeah. coming back. Have, have you mentioned T.J. Robinson. Carter?
1: I I hadn't mentioned him yet, and he actually had a pretty good career, honestly, for a guy, another one of those players. I didn't sit there and label him out. Maybe I should have, but he played as a true freshman and uh, finished with 71 tackles, six sacks, uh, and 10 quarterback hurries in his U.K. career, and a guy who who popped up recently because uh, he was at Pro Day, even though he wasn't an outgoing senior. He was still here for Pro Day, and uh, he signed with the Steelers, right? Yes. For somebody. So he signed, and he'll have his chance to to keep going. But besides that, there weren't a whole lot of other guys in this class. There were some solid contributors. Kwan Ross, uh, Cordell Looney played in a lot of games <laughs> at Kentucky. I think his profile on UK site said he played in 45 games uh, in his career. He was kind of always there in that two deep. Didn't start much. He only started two times his whole career, but uh, was a solid depth piece. And you need those guys, and that's what this class produced. NotQuest Pringle, another guy who started a few games until uh, Quentin Bohanna overtook them. But, uh, Sean, any other guys in this list, in this class, that you look at and and kind of wanted to discuss?
0: I was scrolling through it. Um, No one else really stands out as much to me from that list. I was looking ahead to 2017.
1: Yeah, that class is going to turn out to be one of their best, I think
0: maybe the best yeah. that's that's what I was sitting here looking at right now is uh, I didn't you don't realize how how good these classes are until you go back and look three or four years down the road and see how many guys contributed how many I mean you're sitting here looking Lynn Bowden obviously leads off that class Derek we, all, we know all about Lynn and his legacy at UK now in the NFL and then you go and you see names like Josh Pascal who's still at Kentucky. Uh, doing great things and who I think has a future in the NFL and Yusuf Corker still at Kentucky, Jordan Wright, Phil Hoskins got drafted on Saturday. I think Phil was one of the coolest stories uh, for for getting drafted. Uh, Phil was a roommate of Alex and Stevens. I met Phil before I started doing media and I never in my mind thought that Phil Hoskins would be an NFL draft pick when – when I met him four or five years ago. And I thought that was one of the coolest things Saturday when he got his name called by Carolina. Well, and
1: another guy who was considering coming back, right? For a seventh year. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he went ahead and put his name in the draft. Um, Got picked in the seventh round by the Panthers. You're right. Sean, you look at this list. There are already five NFL draft picks off this list. Lynn Bowden, um, Phil Hoskins made two. And then Lonnie Johnson, of course, after 2018 got picked. He was a junior college player. He was the third, and then Jamin Davis, a first-rounder to the Washington football team. And who would would have thought that,
0: right? Who would have thought Jamin Davis a first-round NFL draft pick, Derek? Yeah, I mean, like, what would the odds have been about that? What would the odds have been 12 months ago for Jamin Davis to be a first-rounder?
1: You you wouldn't need to be doing this podcast anymore. You'd probably have (laughs) have the money to go do something else uh, if you'd have taken those odds. He was the guy that was nationally ranked nine sixteen in his class, and rose up there to to be a first rounder. Another this...
0: Snell, right? Like, yeah. but not a first rounder. But as far as talent and just what they did, I mean, it's it's incredible.
1: I mean, you talked about a year ago with these odds for Jamin being a first rounder. I would probably go as far as just to say a draft pick. I mean, a guy who really had no track record of of you wouldn't have really any reason to think that that would be a, a possibility, but. When they kind of sell the, the football program, that is, when they kind of sell the development piece, things like that, this is the class to look at. Um, Jamin Davis, 916 nationally, a pretty low three star. Quentin Bohanna, not ranked at all nationally, 70th defensive tackle in his class, another low three star. Those two guys get picked. You also had Lonnie Johnson. That's a little tougher because it's Juco. And uh, Lonnie actually had a decent track record as a a recruit in high school he just couldn't get his grades in order he was committed to Ohio State at one point I think people knew that the talent was there it was just about getting him to the right situation and uh, Kentucky helped him do that but Hoskins same deal junior college player from Ohio turned out to to be a draft pick had some really productive years for Kentucky and then of course uh, Bowden's the star no one's gonna surpass him I don't think Uh, obviously Davis got drafted higher in terms of, you know, how they got picked out of their draft class or out of their recruiting class, that is. But uh, in terms of popularity and in terms of significance to the program, even though Davis was a first-round pick, maybe we'll look at recruiting years down the road and, and that will pay off more. But just in terms of what they meant to the program, I think it's still easily got to be Bowden, right?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, then, too, looking at this, you, you know, you brought in two quarterbacks in that class and Danny Clark and then Walker Wood was uh... – I believe was he listed as a quarterback if I'm not mistaken? This was the Mac it's Jones class, first. yeah. So this yeah. was uh so
1: could have been Mac in there.
0: Yeah. So a class that, you know, didn't produce anything as far as someone that made an impact at quarterback, which I think kind of, <laughs> well, yeah, <it's> true. <laughs> I didn't think. true. I was, I was just about to say though, like that, I think that's what makes it more incredible when you talk about what Kentucky football has been able to do under the staff there. Cause they, they still haven't hit on their quarterback yet. Yeah.
1: Still At
0: still any point. I mean, you're obviously there's a lot out there now that they think they got their guy in Bo Allen when they develop him and he's ready to take over as far as the guy that they recruited out of high school co- incoming as a freshman, uh, if, when they get that part down, Pat, how far can this thing go? I mean, when you look at these recruiting classes, I think that's the one thing that stands out. I mean, you have wide receivers in this group. I mean, obviously, Lynn Bowden, uh, Josh Ali is there for another season. I'm trying to see, is there anyone else? Pleven, Pleven could have
1: made an impact this year, but yeah, but nothing really went for him. Isaiah uh,
0: Epps is there in this class.
1: Well, that's the kind of the thing you talk about with this. With this class, we've already talked about the draft picks. When you look at this list, the guys who are expected to be pretty big contributors this season, Josh Pascal, I think, could be, I would say, a potential. Maybe it's crazy. I think he could be a top three player on this team. Well, maybe top five might be where it needs to be because I just thought – sometimes I forget that Wondell Robinson plays at like Kentucky. And uh, I would think in terms of significant impacts, Wondell – uh, Kennard and, and probably Rodriguez will be ahead of him, but defensively, I think he could be the most important player on this team. He was a four star guy. Ty Asian, starter. Yusuf Corker, starter. Jordan Wright, starter. Uh, Josh Ali, starter. Cleveland Thomas might have been. Uh, you scroll down, Cedric Dort, starter. Uh, Austin Dotson, probably not a starter, but a rotation piece, as is. uh Abu Abadi, Fitzgerald. So you still have a lot of guys in this class that are going to be making an impact this season. This is a this is this is a really good class, and I mean it was ranked thirtieth nationally with four four. Five, sorry, five four four-star recruits. Javante Richardson also in there. Um, this this will be the one I think that, and you'll probably see it more after this season. When we Uh-oh. do something like this next year. You know,
0: there's already five guys that have been NFL picks from this class, right? Is, is yeah, my mind uh, correct? I mean, and you got to think
1: Pascal and Corker for sure.
0: Yeah, there's seven. And then do you think there's anyone else? Because that's seven. Think, do you think I mean, there's anyone else that could sneak in and maybe be picked late?
1: May, maybe, potentially, Ali, if he shows a lot this year. Um, Though I don't know. Uh, I think I think it might be tough still. Uh, I think Jordan Wright. I think Jordan wright the was the, the other that one that, one that I was year.
0: going to mention. And, yeah. then, you know, I'm looking ahead. We're not going to get into this class, but I was looking ahead to 18. So you're talking all those guys drafted from 16, all these guys drafted from 17, and I'm looking at 18. Darian Kennard, you know, he's going to get drafted. I mean, where's Mark Juan McCall? Uh, Chris Rodriguez, Keaton Upshaw. There's, there's guys. Like, that's the thing. When Stoops first got to Lexington, how many drafts were there prior to that where there just weren't U.K. guys picked at all? Well, it was always they, free agency.
1: Yeah, I think what well, they went 2017 and 2018 without having a single guy yeah. get picked, I think.
0: And those days are done now. I think you're going to oh, yeah. look back at classes, and you're, it's going to be consistent getting five, I think anywhere between four to seven. Four. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. We'll do later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. The fall Guy. The fall Guy. That's what the, the poster said. Right? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt. And the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG 13. Eight guys picked with every class is what I think it's going to get to, maybe higher with the talent they're bringing in now. But if if you can do – if you can get four to eight future pros in every single class that steps on campus, then you're talking an overall look. Like we talked about the 2018 team the other day and the number of pros that were on that roster, guys that didn't even play. You do that. You're talking 20 to 30 guys that are professional football players on your campus, in your locker room, Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
1: 2014 is still kind of like... I guess you should say the uh, high watermark in terms of, you know, on paper, that was the highest ranked class they had brought in. I I don't think it got surpassed by 2020. This year's class potentially maybe could surpass it, but you got to think for these future recruiting classes coming up that these, you know, that, that needs to be the evidence. When you talk about a developmental program, I think you go from, hey, these are guys who, some of these guys were ranked high. I mean, Lynn Bowden was, I would say, an elite recruit. He was ranked really high just based on 24 7. I think he was like a definitely top 100 player. Let me click on his profile right here. So, 24 7, yeah, he was the 110th ranked player nationally. He ends up getting drafted, I think, in the 80s somewhere in the third round uh, last year. So, he was, you know, Young's kind of the same example. The Linden had some other things, you know, he. Didn't get the pass block a whole lot based on the system. He had an injury. I think those are things that, that kind of contributed to him falling in the draft a little bit, uh, but still a guy who did get picked, and he was a highly rated recruit. So they've kind of shown it both ways. You know, you can be picked high, or, or sorry, a highly rated recruit and still get drafted, or you could be in the case like Jamin or uh, Quentin Bohanna, uh, some of these other guys. And, uh, yeah, these are these are really good classes. I mean – if they end up with seven or eight guys, I'd even mention Ty Asian, who was started I maybe mean, like a three year starter, I think, by the time he leaves here. I mean, maybe he's on some in, uh, NFL draft boards. Cedric Dort, same deal. I know Dort, uh, the, the PFF rankings seem to really like him. I don't know how that translates to his future uh, potentially in the NFL. But no, you're right, Sean. This was a, another another guy too I wanted to mention uh, Bryant Kobach, who was started at Toledo ever since he left. He was a guy that. Kentucky did not want him to leave. He left for uh, home circumstances. His mother, I believe, was ill at the time. It was kind of out of his control. I think he wanted to stay. I think Kentucky thought he had a bright future. And he's shown that at Toledo, one of the best MAC programs out there. He was another guy that, you know, who knows how it would have played out because, because, like you said, that next class, you had Cavassier Smoke and Chris Rodriguez come in, and those two guys, have, you know, especially Rodriguez, have been very good. So it's, it's kind of hard to know how things would have turned out. But, again, a player who I think certainly could have been another guy we were talking about as a really solid contributor to this class.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, th- I thought this was a really good idea, Derek. Uh, I think things like this. It's an like off-season
1: this, idea for sure. I mean, It, it is. Uh, well, uh, yeah,
0: and, you know, we're sitting here waiting on Kentucky basketball news with the coaching staff and, you know, C.J. Frederick and, you know, what's happening with the transfer portal and things like that. I think it's good to – to do this and kind of just reflect and look back, especially on the heels of the NFL draft. I mean, so many guys, I, I thought it was so cool Saturday. I tweeted it out that Saturday was so cool that that stretch of guys that got drafted from Kentucky on that final day of the draft. I mean, we're I know we're not talking first round, second round, third round picks, but guys who got contracts in the NFL, guys who heard their name called, realized the dream, I thought that was really super cool to see all those guys, so a lot of good guys, get yeah. their name called.
1: Yeah, no question. You were talking about that 2018 class a little bit earlier. Um, I think unlike 2017, and 2018 for reference, it's it's like the Mac stuffies, Chris Rodriguez, Keen Upshaws of the World. Again, I would recommend going to Rivals or going to 24-7. It's, that's what I use. Um, to go and look at these classes while you listen to this and just kind of look at the names. But 2018 definitely, definitely, definitely was way more hit or miss, it looks like. Th- this class is had a lot uh, of attrition, Sean. This was when they kind of were – this was the last year that they went all in on Ohio with Eddie Graham there recruiting with Darren Henshaw. Um, the guys who were good were really good. Darren Kennard, like I said, probably probably a top 50 pick. We'll see what happens. I mean, potential first-rounder, but I doubt he slips past the 50 spot. Chris Oates was well on his way, I think, to be an NFL draft pick before his, uh, you know, unfortunate medical situation happened. He'll go down as a solid player, though, for the time that he was at Kentucky in this class. Marquand McCall, I think you're about to see a breakout senior year from him. Um, and then you had DeAndre Square, who's had a, going you know, to be a three-year starter by the time he leaves. Terry Wilson, whatever you think about him, the way he's going to be labeled was as a winner. Beat. Louisville, beat Tennessee, beat Florida, all those things. I think history will remember him well, even though his stats were really nothing impressive. Um, Then you got Brendan Bates, who's been a solid contributor. Quentin Wilson's going to be a starter. Keaton Upshaw, potential draft pick. And then Smoke, a solid contributor, along with Rodriguez. But, man, there have been a lot of guys leave this class. Uh, (laughs) Ashton Pierre, Bryce Oliver, Quay Mahone, Akeem Hayes, Jamari Brown. Davion Hawkins, uh, Hopkins, excuse me, Allen Daly, Marvin Alexander, well, B.J. Alexander is way I changed his name to, uh, Stanley Garner. Those are all guys who uh, are no longer here. There might even be more. Those are just the guys I was scrolling. Um, I don't even know what happened to Dominic Williams. Didn't he transfer? I think he was only here yeah. one year, and then he left. Um, but, hey, yet you, you up to this point, Max Duffy, a uh, Ray Guy award winner, one of the best players in this class, but – Another class that it was either really good or seemed like it kind of turned out to be kind of bad for some of these guys. And uh, I think this class in particular is why it's good that they – it seems like they've already hit on some 2020 guys because this class, you don't have a ton of upperclassmen from this group. A lot of these guys are gone now. Uh, That will be a fun one to revisit in a few years. But, yeah, 2016, uh, the idea was that 2017 would be the one to focus on. But, really, it's just there's still so many guys. I think 11 guys is what I counted still there. So uh, that will be one next year we can get to. But with this COVID year, I mean, hey, a couple of these guys won't be here two more years.
0: <laughs> but good. a really good
1: job. I think it's a good way to to go back and kind of revisit the class, see what analysts thought of these guys when they were high school recruits versus what happened when they got into a college system. And that's why it's hard to predict. I mean, probably the good thing we can say about all these classes, well, besides J.V. Ante Richardson, he's a little different just because he, he transferred out. Like, these guys who are ranked highly, Sean, they, they didn't really bust. I mean, no. Bowden super productive. Pascoe very productive. Asian. Corker, starters. Potential draft picks. So the, the, the top guys in their class have typically performed pretty well.
0: Yeah. A uh, lot of talent in Lexington now. A lot more than what was in Lexington when Mark Stoops took over, Derek. I think oh, that's yeah. the, the thing that stands out is now they're stacking classes. And where does this one go if – Afari commits on Friday. How high do they climb for the time being? I mean, it it would certainly go up, right?
1: Yeah, I had that earlier, and I already forgot what it was. Is, it, six or, is, it, is it as high as six? That, that is on rivals, I think, that we're okay. going to six. With the composite, I'm not sure where they'll be. Um, probably climb back into the top 10, though. They're at 12 right now.
0: So definitely a good spot to be heading into the summer, Derek, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of positive buzz around Kentucky football. And as always, we'll stay – Attached to that. We'll also keep track of what's going on with the men's basketball program. I know you and I both expect Jen Coleman and Orlando Antigua to be announced. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be done together, Derek. I don't think it'll be separate. I think at some point when that comes out, I think they'll announce that as a joint uh, thing in addition to the staff. We expect that sometime this week. I'd be shocked if it carried into next week.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, And I know you... Kind of hinted last week about C.J. Frederick. You tweeted about him on, uh, I think that was, what, Thursday night? Yeah. And uh, the day's kind of ran together there for a while. But uh, you still hearing good things on that?
0: I think he'll be – I think we could get something before the weekend. Before I I leave on Friday for the Iverson Classic, I I just have a feeling that Kentucky might have a commitment. I just – I'm not the only one, I think, that feels that way. Um, I know – we recorded an entire episode last week, didn't we, Derek, <laughs> pre-recording about C.J. Frederick, but we're going to have to kind of scrap that because obviously we talked a lot about Nolan Hickman in that episode, and I, I got word Thursday night that things were looking good. I actually was looking for him, him to have already been a committed to Kentucky, but I think Kentucky will be getting another guy off the ball, and then I think all the attention then turns to what? Point guard spot. Who's the point guard? We know now that Ty Ty Washington will announce on May 16th. Uh, 15th, my wedding day. Is it 15th? I thought it he is. moved it to the 16th. Yeah, nah. that's right. Because it was going to be on my birthday. That's right, the 15th. So it is your wedding day. So if he does commit, he uh, <laughs> well, probably really won't record something like on Tuesday. I thought <laughs> <come> on. <laughs> yeah, because I'll be sitting at your wedding. So, <laughs> But uh, Kentucky's attention, obviously, will turn to the point guard spot, whether it's Washington or someone from the portal. we know they'll have to land someone from the portal, most likely a point guard, even if they get Washington, but I will see Ty Ty Washington this weekend, along with Bryce Hopkins and Damian Collins. So maybe I'll have some good info there from the Iverson classic. I'll be down there Friday and Saturday. Uh, Looking forward to that. Hopefully we get some good content for Kentucky daily, Derek. For sure.
1: And uh, I think that's a good sign though, Sean, that, you know,
0: we're recording this on May 4th.
1: It's 11 days out. They'll know one way or the other. I still think Ty Tai is one of their top options uh, to get up point guard. Um, and I think the roster will make sense if they get him and then a veteran as well. Uh, but if he does choose to go elsewhere, he still have time. There's still a lot of options in the portal to go after. But, uh, yeah, look for an episode from us around that time. Uh, whether the Chin Coleman and Antigua News happens uh, today or whenever – I have no doubt. Sean has no doubt that's going to happen. Those will be the guys on the staff, Um, and we'll discuss it more in depth. Talk about those guys. I would love to maybe get a guest on. Of course, a lot of UK fans know plenty about Antigua since he's already been here. But I think Chin Coleman is really an interesting guy that maybe we can get an Illinois insider on, or maybe even Chin himself if we get lucky enough to come on, and maybe we can answer have some questions for him that he can answer.
0: Yeah, and I know we're working on some other interviews as well for the show. That, that we'll get out there once they're confirmed and stuff, Derek. But some exciting stuff coming. I, I do expect a stretch of good news for Kentucky basketball.
1: We need it. It's, because it's a while.
0: I know obviously fans, even though Davion Mintz still may return, um, I still think that, you know, fans kind of get disappointed because I think a lot of fans would love to see Mintz back at Kentucky next year. But I'm I'm expecting a good stretch of news here with coaching staff. And then I think possibly – I'm I'm very confident in C.J. Frederick ending up at Kentucky. I'm not afraid to put that out there. I mean, I know crazy stuff happens, Derek, but I, I think it would honestly be a shock if he went somewhere else. I mean, obviously anything can happen, but I'm feeling pretty good about that one, and we'll, we'll get to all that when it does happen. Uh, as always, be ready for a mailbag episode. Derek, we probably need to get something out about that pretty soon. A Buffalo Wings and Rings mailbag, we'll be sure to get that out there on Twitter. As always, you can feel free to DM me or Derek. You can – Uh, Send them an email. Send them a DM. You can tweet at us. Uh, But we'll be back here for another episode of Kentucky Daily. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.